Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pirkei Avos podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn, where we live with the ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions or comments, or you'd like to reach out to say hello, please feel free to send me an email, Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with a K at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. Additionally, if you like this podcast, you enjoy it, you listen to it, while you're walking, while you're driving. You might also like my other podcast on the Parsha of the Week. You could find it by looking in the show notes below or by searching the Practical Parsha podcast. Short, concise, nice, sweet, to the point. I hope you check it out. For this week, we're continuing with Perak Aleph, Mishnah Yud Aleph. Chapter 1, Mishnah 11. And the Mishnah is, is continuing with the teaching of Avtalion. We said we're, do, we're going in pairs. Shmaya and Avtalion were the leaders of the generation. And we said that they descended from converts or they were converts themselves, according to certain opinions. And last week, we discussed the, um, the teaching of Shmaya. And now, for this episode, we're going to be discussing the teaching of Avtalion, the, the sage of Avtalion. Now, the Mishnah begins. Avtalion Omer, Avtalion says, Chachamim, scholars, his haru bidvarechem, be cautious with your words. Shema tachuvu choyvas galos, be cautious with your words, for you may incur the penalty of exile and be banished to a place of evil. And the, the disciples who follow you, the disciples who follow you there may drink and die. And it'll come out that the name of heaven will be desecrated. Interesting Mishnah, a little bit cryptic. We have to know what the Mishnah, what Shmaya, sorry, what Avtalion, who he's talking to. And on a simple reading of the Mishnah, it seems that Avtalion is speaking to teachers, to the Torah scholars of the generation, of each generation, and giving them advice on to how to teach. That he tells, he tell, he's telling his students, be careful with what you're going to say. Because you may incur the penalty of exile and have, be banished to a place of evil waters. And we're going to explain what this means. The disciples who follow you may drink and die and consequently the name of heaven will be desecrated. So there seems to be a few points here that Avtalion was making to a teacher to a Torah scholar who's going to disseminate information. And I, what I wanted to do tonight is that I wanted to break down the different parts of the Mishnah, explain it in a more simplistic way, a more a way for us to have a basic understanding of the Mishnah. And then after we go through each phrase and each line of the Mishnah, we'll come back around for a few lessons that we can all take from the teaching of Avtalion. So the first saying of the mission, which I want to focus on, 
is, is the first part. It says in the Mishnah, Chachamim, his haru bidvorechem. Chachamim, sages, scholars, be careful with your words. He's telling the teachers of Torah that they shouldn't just speak. They should be careful when they're going to teach. And just to give a little background of this Mishnah, is that Avtalyon lived in the days of the Baisusim and the Tzedukim. And the story of the Tzedukim and the Baisusim, the Sadducees, it was that one of the, their teachers is that they misunderstood. Tzaduk and Baisuk were students. And we, we touched upon this in, um, in the Perkyavos podcast. And they misunderstood the teaching of their master, of their, of their Rebbe. And because they misunderstood the teaching of their Rebbe, they went off and made their own religion. They broke off from Judaism. And you know they, it, it eventually came to a point where they denied the oral Torah, which goes with our tradition. We have the written Torah and the oral Torah. And they denied the oral Torah. They only believed in the written Torah. And they caused many problems to the Jewish people during the times that they were very, they were very powerful. They had a lot of say in the government. And Avtalion lived through that. So therefore, he's giving firsthand advice to people who are teachers, to the teachers of the generation. Be careful with what you're going to teach. Be deliberate in your words. Be clear. The second part of the Mishnah reads as follows. Shema and we have to understand is maybe you might incur the penalty of exile. He says, you might need a move. You might have to go somewhere else. And you'll be banished to a place of evil waters. What does it mean? So he says, be careful with your words. You might have to move somewhere else and you'll be in a place where there's evil waters. And the Mepharshim, the commentaries explain that evil waters refers to a place of heresy, that the place where you're going to be, there's going to be bad students. And they're going to misinterpret your words deliberately. And what's going to come out from this? And your disciples who follow you to this place, to this place of bad waters, will drink the evil water and they'll die. This means that the good students will start to take the teachings that have been manipulated and say it over in your name, causing them to die spiritually, to go off the rails, to start doing things which are not proper, to take your opinions, your, your views, which have been improperly um, disseminated and start teaching it in your name that you taught this. And subsequently, they'll lose their way. And consequently, the name of heaven will be desecrated. People will lose respect for the Torah. And they'll say to themselves, this is, this is what happens to someone who studies Torah. And the, the Mishnah has different ways to be understood. So one way is like we said, you have to be careful with your words. But additionally, there are commentaries that explain this Mishnah to mean that you should also be careful with the students that you take under your tutelage, that you should be careful that people that 
who who want to learn under you are people of proper character and proper proper outlook. Additionally, the mission is telling us that if you have, if a person is not clear with his words, it's gonna, it's due to happen that his words can be manipulated. And it, once they're manipulated, even the good students that a person has can start saying things over in the name of his teacher, which are not proper. And therefore it'll come out from it, a desecration of God's name. Now, the first lesson I wanted to bring down from the, this Mishnah is this idea of being careful with our words. Now, we know that it's the, the, age, the age old rhyme sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's not true. Words can hurt, right? Words can do more damage than sticks and stones. And it's not just about hurting people's feelings, it's that we need to be clear with what we're saying. You know, so the, what the mission is saying is that uh, Avtalian is teaching us that a teacher needs to be clear in, in what he's teaching his students. He shouldn't leave room for misunderstanding. People have to have that clarity and not be able to kid themselves that they know something. Now, what about us? I'm not a teacher, right? You could say to yourself, I don't teach. I'm not a scholar. How is this Mishnah about being clear applicable to me? And the answer to that is that when we learn ourselves, that's number one is when we, when we learn ourselves, when we learn Torah, when we try to get an idea clear, it's very easy to fake it, to pretend that we know what we're talking about, to just pretend we understand. The right thing to do is to get clarity, to get clarity in the Torah that we learn, to understand what we're saying. You know, there's an expression in the yeshiva system. They say that if a person can't explain an idea, that means he really doesn't understand it fully, right? Sometimes, you know, when you study together in yeshiva, you study with your, your chavrusa, your study partner. And there's a back and forth that hopefully goes on when two people are studying Torah. And... Sometimes your chavrusa says something to you and you might register in your mind, but you can't say it over. So the expression is felt in the hasbara is havana. That if you're not able to say over that idea in your own words, it means you don't fully understand it. And that's just one thought when it comes to our own learning that we should try to gain clarity in what we're doing to understand it to the best of our abilities. Now, another point where clarity is a big asset for ourselves, it's something very important, is when it comes to our communication with others. Now, most times when we get into arguments with other people, it's not because we're actually arguing. It's because there's a misunderstanding. Clarity has not been attained. You meant one thing. And the other person meant something else. We misunderstood each other. I would say 90% of arguments aren't because of fights necessarily, but rather because of a lack of clarity. Person A is saying one thing, person B is saying another thing, and they're just not hearing each other. They're not even communicating properly with each other. 
If we want to avoid machlokis, it's a term in Hebrew, arguments and fights, you know, there's nothing we could do to totally uh, get ourselves to, you know, it's very hard to, to prevent every situation. You know, you can't legislate utopia. You can't make a situation where you're going to be prevented from any challenge. But something we can do to prevent ourselves from getting into these small arguments or even big arguments at times is to try to be clear with ourselves. You know, if that means repeating ourselves that someone asked to, to repeat something, we should repeat it. If it means um, writing a note, I don't know, every situation is different, but to be clear with what we're saying, that we leave no room for misinterpretation, misunderstanding, which can many times lead to friction. A second point, which I want to bring out from the Mishnah, is that our words and our actions outlive us. This is very important. We see in the Mishnah this importance of being clear. Why is that important? The Mishnah tells us because it's going to come out that the students who come after you, the students that are your disciples, are going to teach things over in your name that are wrong, that are incorrect. So therefore, when you are a teacher, when you are around to, to give over to your disciples, you should make, make sure you do it in a clear way. So what comes out from this is that the actions that we do and the words that we say, even you know, as a Torah teacher for sure, outlive the person who's saying them. The actions that we do can um, outlive the person that did it. You know, there are, there were great Torah leaders, and I'm not going to give names, but there were leader, great, great righteous individuals, people who knew a lot of areas of Torah, people who were revered by their generation. But yet, you know, students or people affiliated with them misconstrued certain things they said. And, you know, the after they passed away, they started saying things in the name of these individuals. And it sort of, it could bring down the great individual. So it comes out that this great tzaddik or tzaddikim, the righteous people that were during their life and were extremely righteous, for whatever reason, there was certain sayings or certain quotes that were taken out of context. And now it's affiliated to that great individual. So even a great person, a great person, a great Torah scholar could have, unfortunately, negative words or negative actions attached to their name, possibly. And the, you know, the, the example, which I think could, could help us understand this, is that like we all, you know, different sports teams. When I was a kid, everyone, you know, you know in sports, there was um, sometimes a person could have certain notoriety for, for scoring that, that touchdown or that home run. And sometimes it's the lack of the missing the ball, right? And, and if you're from Boston, everyone knows the name Bill Buckner, right? Now he was forgiven because the Red Sox won the World Series. But for many, many years, everyone knew that if you are a Red Sox fan, Bill Buckner was the guy who missed the ball by the world by the 1986 World Series. It went through his legs. And because of that, the Red Sox lost the World Series. 
the the point is is that our actions can outlive us our words can go beyond even after our passing and this is not just in a negative way but it's also in a positive way so just just like a person does something god forbid bad says something bad teaches something bad it could outlive him and his actions as well so too a person's good things a person could say something to another person and inspires an individual and that 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 those words could carry someone else throughout their life today for example actually i was giving a class somewhere and we were talking about the difference between a young person and an old person what's the difference between an older person and a younger person and i explained that it had to do with outlook that a young person looks forward and an old person looks back. It's not to say that you can't look back at the past and savor the memories, but it's an outlook in life that you know someone who is looking forward, he is or she is looking to to uh, to attain goals to to go, to accomplish in the future. So that's someone who's young, and someone who's old is looking back at their accomplishments. Meaning to say is we always have to look forward. And one of the individuals in the class mentioned about someone who recently passed this Joe Schrager, I love show him how he was a hundred years old and he was constantly looking to grow and to do more and to learn more and to do more mitzvos. And I mentioned to everybody in this class that probably Joe never realized how much he was inspiring other people just doing what he was doing. And now that inspiration, which he, he gave over, which he did himself, he lived his life a certain way is still affecting other people even after his passing. It's an amazing thing. The point is, is that we can do something which could have ramifications on generations of people. And we don't even know about it. So the point is, is that the Mishnah gives us an insight to the importance of our actions and our words. We see that a teacher, a Torah teacher, has to be careful what he says. So he shouldn't be misconstrued. But so to us, even if we're not teachers of Torah, we have to recognize and realize that we also have that power to influence future generations and other people, even after we're gone, are the power of our words, the power of our deeds to, to help, and hopefully in a positive way, and God forbid it could go in a negative way as well, but to use it, to keep it in mind that we could use it for good to inspire, to leave that positive legacy and positive role model even after we are in the next world. And a third idea, which I wanted to bring out from the Mishnah, is, is on the point of v'nimtza shem shamayim mischalo. That the, the Mishnah says that when, the, when this teacher teaches these students who are not so good, or he doesn't have that clarity, it's going to come out and that people are going to say that the wrong teaching in his name, and people are going to go astray because of these you know, um, teachings that were incorrect. And what's going to come out of this? It's going to come out of chilul Hashem a desecration of God's name. And what is a desecration of God's name? What does that mean exactly? That God's name has been desecrated. So the commentaries explain that there's a concept in Judaism called Kiddush Hashem and Chilul Hashem. Kiddush Hashem is when we sanctify God's name. We sanctify Hashem's name in the world and Chilul Hashem is desecration of God's name. One is the opposite of the other. So let's start with Chilul Hashem. So when a people, when a person says, this is what 
the Torah is, this is what a Jewish person is, when they see an action, a negative action, they see someone Jewish broke the law or did something bad or treat someone not nice. Maybe they didn't even mean it, but the optics of it, whenever the situation where someone says that this is how the Torah is, this is what God's Torah is about, people who act in this way, that's called a desecration of God's name. And even on a deeper level, on a bigger level, the fact that the Jewish nation is in exile right now is a desecration of God's name. Because the nations of the world say, this is the Jewish people. I thought God promised them everything good. And they see we're dispersed around the, around the world. It's because of our sins as a nation, we have to rectify. But in a certain sense, it's a chil Hashem. It's a desecration of God's name that there's no temple. And you know we're not living as we're supposed to be. But just to keep in mind, it's very important for us as Jews to remember that people are looking at us. The Jewish people are referred to as the light upon the nations, that we're supposed to be a role model for the world. And if you look throughout history, so many, you know, um, so many things that the Jewish people initiated, so many positive things, right? We, we've been that light into the nations. And unfortunately, sometimes, you know, we've been also that uh, people look at us. And if we're not acting how we're supposed to be acting, it's a desecration of God's name. You know, you think about for a second, the state of Israel. And really the Jewish people as a whole, how many Jewish people there are there in the world? There's about 15, 16 million. Can I know? And the amount you hear about Jews and Israel in the news is way more than are actually our, our size. You have nations living in like South America and Africa that are bigger than 15 million people and you probably never even heard their names. You have these tribes, they're like over 15 million people, but yet you, no one ever heard of them. No one knows anything about them, but the Jews you always hear about. The world is focused on, on the Jewish people, the state of Israel, and being that's how it was supposed to be because we're supposed to be that example to the world and we have to live up to that. So the point is, is that we have a responsibility that when we go outside, when we go around and interact with the world, we have to put a, a, a we have to be positive role models to everyone around us. We don't want people saying, oh, look at that Jewish person. They, 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 they cheat. They do this. You know, obviously, we're not responsible for the people who are haters. They're going to hate either way. That's not our problem. But when when we do things that we're not supposed to do, we 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 shouldn't. You know, we have to realize that 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 could be a chil Hashem. And the point is, we should take it to the flip side. Now, there's kiddush Hashem as well, sanctifications of God's name. That when a person looks at a Jewish person, he says, "Wow, that you know that is um, that is a Jewish person. That's amazing." person says that is what the, the Torah talks about. That's what the Torah does to a person. They make a person individual so righteous, so straight. God bless the Jewish people. That's a kiddush Hashem. When somebody finds, you know, when someone um, sees that a person is honest, a Jewish person is honest, that's a kiddush Hashem because we're living our life according to the Torah. And when someone sees, when the nations of the world see that a person who lives his life according to what God says, lives on a higher plane that's sanctifying God's name. I remember, just to give you examples, that I was over here, you know, by the cleaners I go to, I had an issue 
with my pants. And I was, I brought the pants in to be uh, tailored or cleaned or whatever. And I came to pick it up and she said that I picked it up already. And I was very nice about it. I, I was like almost sure she, that I did not pick it up. She's like, check in your house. I went to check in my house. It wasn't there. She, I came back again. She said, no, 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 I give it to you. I, I, you know, I was very nice the whole time. I never got upset. And I was like, I did not take it. I was pretty sure I did not take it. And I went home again. It happened a few times. And then one time after coming a few, like an hour later, I get a phone call from her. And she says, I have your pants. And she said, she's like, I know your people are honest. Your people, honest people. So she said to me that she had this recognition that obviously I look Jewish. And, and um, she has this understanding that Jewish people are honest. And I, I want to keep that understanding. Obviously, you know, there's um, just doesn't mean that every single person is perfect. But the point is, is that we want to keep that image that people who, who follow the Torah, the people who have the Torah, are our role models for the rest of society, role models for the world. And as Jews, we should remember this, that people are looking at us and we should live our lives with this understanding that should try to live our lives on a higher plane, that people should look up to what we do and to praise what we do and not, God forbid, have it the other way where, they're, where, they're, where we're making a desecration of God's name, God forbid. And just a, a one last point over here is that when it comes to Chil Hashem, it's one of the most severe transgressions a person can, can do. And the sages say that aside from death, as death atones for, um, you know, for these type of sins, but aside from that, there is one way a person can rectify a desecration of Hashem's name. That's by creating a Kiddush Hashem, doing the diametrically opposite. By, by sanctifying God's name, we're sort of able to, to cancel the desecration and bring about a, a uplifting of Hashem's name. So the point is that we have that opportunity to do that. You know, we find a wallet. We find, we're able to return something. Someone, you know, mischarge, gives us more change than we need to give. I don't know, these are small things, but my point is when we have that opportunity, we should jump onto it to be able to accomplish the Kiddush Hashem, to show the world what it means to live our lives according to the Torah. And just on a, on a final note, this concept of Kiddush Hashem and Chilul Hashem is also applicable even if when we're, we're living, we're, even if we're by ourselves. That means if a person decides to sin in his own private area, in his own room, that still could be a Chilul Hashem, desecration of God's name, because between you and God, that's still desecrating Hashem's name. God knows what happens in the world. And on the flip side as well, if we hold back from doing something bad or we do something good and no one else knows about it, that is a sanctification of God's name. And just an important point to remember, it doesn't have to necessarily do with how other people see us, but it has to do with ourselves as well. That even if we see ourselves do something bad, that could be a desecration. And if we see ourselves do something good, that's, that is a sanctification. And it's something to keep in mind when we have that choice of what should we do, good or bad, that we should remember that every time we do something good and where we hold back from doing something bad, we are sanctifying God's name. And God willing, when we do that, we're making ourselves better people and the world a better place. So that's going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or like to reach out, please feel free to reach out to me at rabbishlomacom with a K at gmail.com. 
everyone. Have a great day.